0: Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Winston Churchill once said, Every calling in life is great, provided that it's greatly pursued. Well, that speaks to the very heart of the readings for this weekend. Many of us have a calling in life. Maybe some are called to be parents, and so you strive to be good parents. And when you do that, you become great as a parent. At night, you may sit at the kitchen table and help your child with homework. Or you get up in the middle of the night and tend to your sick child. You stay up all night long as you tend to that sick child. Or you always attend every athletic or school event in order to support your child. See, when you do all those things, you become a great parent. And yet, at the same time, your child benefits by that. Or maybe your calling is in healthcare. You are a great healthcare provider. Whether you're a nurse, a doctor, a technician, whatever it may be, you always strive to go the extra mile for your patients. Despite a long and hard shift, and when it's all over, you have the ability to go home, you stay. You stay along the bedside of a patient that is wrought with fear and anxiety, and you try and calm them down. Or you become a tireless advocate for your patients, always looking out for their best interests. In doing all these things, you become a great provider. And yet, your patients also benefit by that. Or maybe your calling is not academics, Maybe it's teaching in a grade school, high school, or college. Or maybe it's administration. You work hard on developing new lesson plans that will help your students. You stay after school every day to work with students who struggle with math, science, or English. You tirelessly work as an advocate for your students and their families. In doing so, you become great at your profession. And yet, others benefit by that your students, and their families. And so it is true. Every calling in life is great, provided that it is greatly pursued. Now, apply that to the spiritual life. We all have a calling, a calling to grow in our faith and our love of Jesus Christ. And yet, we also greatly pursue that calling every time we come to Mass, every time we pray, every time we engage stewardship and practice our faith. In doing so, we become great in our faith. And at the same time, others benefit by that. Our parish faith communities grow stronger because of that. I'll give you a great example of that. Just yesterday morning, our catechists, as well as our teachers at our schools, had an in-service that was led by a very talented person. The catechists and the teachers grew in their own spiritual life, but they also learned techniques, on how to be able to teach our children. I've always said one of the most important jobs in our church is to be able to pass on the faith to our children, to teach them our faith. As I've said many, many times before, the Catholic Church is one generation away from extinction. Well, these catechists and teachers, they prevent that from happening. And so yesterday, by coming to this in-service, they greatly pursued their role in their ministry as catechists and teachers and passing on the faith. And in doing so, they became great in what they did. And who benefit by that? Our children, because now they're going to know the faith better and know how to practice it for future generations. And so, it is true. And that's what the readings speak to us today. In the first reading, Joshua assumes the leadership. He now succeeds Moses as the leader of the Israelite people, and he calls all of the twelve tribes together, we hear in the first reading. Now notice where they are, and this is important. They're at Shechem. Shechem is a very holy place. It's where Abraham first stepped foot in the promised land that was promised to him by God in his covenant with him. And as soon as Abraham stepped into this promised land, he built the altar at Shechem, to worship and praise God for fulfilling his promise. And so God appeared to Abraham at Shechem and reaffirmed his covenant with Abraham. And so Shechem is a very holy and sacred place. See, Joshua knows this. That's why he calls all of the 12 tribes. And that being the case, we know something great and special is going to happen here. And so Joshua calls all the tribes together. And he tells them, he challenges them to remain faithful to the covenant that they have with God. Now realize, Joshua has led the Israelites into the promised land. Now the Israelites thought the promised land would be vacant, but it's not. It's filled with other foreign tribes. Other tribes that have foreign values and foreign customs that are contrary to the covenant that they have with God. And so Joshua does not want these foreign values and customs to influence the Israelites. So he calls the Israelites and he challenges them for greatness, to have faith. That's why he says, If it does not please you to serve the Lord, decide today whom you will serve, the God your fathers obeyed beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose country you are now dwelling. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And so Joshua as well as the rest of the Israelites, reaffirmed their commitment to God. And in doing so, they all benefit. They became a strong nation. Now, this is a great segue into the gospel. For the past several weeks, Jesus has been teaching us from John's gospel, chapter 6, about the Eucharist. And he's emphasized the importance of the Eucharist. And now he's finished. Do the people accept his teaching? Well, it says... The people said this saying is hard, who can accept it? And so they reject Jesus' teaching. What does Jesus do? Does he water it down? No. It said just the opposite. He intensifies it, turns it up a notch. He says, The words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. What we have to realize, our God is a God that wants nothing more than to give us life, and life in abundance. If we greatly pursue our faith, then we will have a great faith. But the rest of our faith community will benefit by that. Now notice, the people reject Jesus and they walk away. They walk away because they have no faith. Now compare and contrast this scene. You have a scene of people with faith versus a people without faith. The apostles are people of faith. They don't walk away. They stand with Jesus. Well, we too are a people of faith. Every time we gather for Mass, we reaffirm our faith. Every time we gather for Mass, we stand with Jesus and the apostles. We stand our ground, and we don't walk away. Now, how is this? How does this happen? Well, because people of faith open themselves up. They surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit. And in doing so, they are enlightened, and they believe. Now contrast that with these people that don't have faith, that walk away, that say, who can accept this teaching? They try to intellectualize the teachings of Jesus and separate reason apart from faith. Well, that's their problem. They can't separate reason from faith. Instead, both go hand in hand. Both complement each other. See, the people that walked away from Jesus, they wanted Jesus to conform his teaching and his beliefs to them. And that's just not the case. Instead, we are a people of faith because we conform ourselves to all of Jesus' teachings and all of his beliefs and values. See, faith is more than just the intellect. It's about surrendering to God and allowing us to open up and come to know and believe in God. Notice what it says at the end. As a result of this, many of the disciples returned to their former way of life and no longer accompanied Jesus. Now picture in your mind this scene. Hundreds and hundreds of people surrounding Jesus, and now they're all walking away. And Jesus stands there all alone. Only his disciples are behind him. And he turns to them. And he asked them this important question. Now, I would argue this is probably the most defining moment in church history. And Jesus says to the apostles, Do you also want to leave me? Now, apart from Jesus mounting the cross, I would argue that this is probably one of the most dramatic scenes in all of the Bible. All of Christianity is teetering on the brink of annihilation. All of Christianity is hanging in the balance. If the apostles walk away, our church ceases to exist because the apostles make up the church. Worse yet, the mission is over. The mission of Jesus has failed. Well, what does he do next? He has, doesn't have any apostles left. But Peter answers, Master, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and are convinced that you are the Holy One of God. Well, Peter echoes the words of faith. Every time we gather for Mass, we echo those same words. We recommit ourselves to Christ. Every time we gather for Mass, we stand shoulder to shoulder with the apostles and Jesus Christ. More to it, every time we come to Mass, we greatly pursue our faith. And in doing so, our call of faith will be great. And yet, our faith communities, our parishes, will benefit by that because they will become stronger and more vibrant, as evidenced by the wide variety of ministries that we have in our parish. Winston Churchill was absolutely right. Every calling in life is great, provided that it is greatly pursued. Will we do that Each and every day of our life, we live out that calling every time we gather for Mass, every time we pray, every time we practice our faith. We greatly pursue our faith, our calling, and in doing so, we have a great faith. And everyone in our parish and our faith communities benefit by that. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.